Well, good morning, Abundant Life Church. My name is Aaron Walton. I am the Happy Valley Campus Pastor. And wherever you are watching from today, I want you to know that it is a joy and honor to have you, whether you're watching from Sandy, Vancouver, our online campus. Thank you so much for celebrating Easter today as we've come together to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I consider it an absolute honor to have the opportunity to speak with you today. February 13th, 2021, a day that will forever live in infamy. I remember waking up suddenly at 1.40 in the morning because the ceiling fan in my bedroom and the box fan that I have right next to me, that's right, I have two fans going on at the same time. Both of them went out at the exact same moment. I suddenly woke up, jumped out of bed to figure out what was going on to investigate this issue because I cannot sleep without my fans, only to realize that not only was there no electricity in my room, there was no electricity in my house. And as I looked outside around the neighborhood, there was no electricity in the entire city of Camby. And what I did not know then, but what I quickly found out was we were all about to enter into one of the more intense snow and ice storms that I have ever been through. Here's a quick picture of the backyard. I want to show you my fence just to show you how thick the ice was that came down upon our little city of Canby today. Here's that picture. And when this ice came, oh man, did it bring some damage? Did it create some havoc? I'm going to show you two pictures of the damage that this ice brought. The first picture I want to show you is that of a broken tree. And so this is the picture of one of the trees in my front yard that because of the weight of the ice, it just completely fell apart. And it was so intense to drive around town and see hundreds and hundreds of trees looking just like this. It looked like people had thrown grenades at them it looked like a war zone. And so the second picture I want to show you is not so much the damage of a broken tree, but the damage that this ice caused to a broken man. Check this out. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is me in my backyard using a propane camping stove to cook mac and cheese for my family. Now, a couple observations I want to make with this picture. Number one, this is the closest I ever want to get to camping ever again. I mean, really, I feel like what I went through over that weekend, and for some of you, it was weeks, uh, it was basically the equivalent of going camping. And it had all three of the, of the specific things that I associate with camping. Number one, there was no electricity. Number two, it was really, really cold at night. And number three, I was miserable. But I got to tell you, I got to just say that mac and cheese that I prepared, that mac and cheese that I made for my family that day was the most amazing meal that we've ever had in my entire life. I'm not joking. It wasn't like it was anything fancy. It was just craft mac and cheese. But man, when we sat down and we had, and I dished out that mac and cheese of the family, we were celebrating. We were singing praises. It was the most amazing, delicious meal ever. And it was probably because 
we hadn't had really anything hot to eat up to that point, but still it was something that we celebrated. You see, this is what can happen after we walk through difficult, challenging times that maybe we can have an opportunity to celebrate the beautiful things, the small, simple things that we can actually experience life deeper and richer because of the the chaos and the challenge and the hard that we have gone through. So my hope and prayer for us today is that wherever you are on your faith journey, if church is something that is comfortable or routine, or if this is a, a difficult thing for you, this is a step of courage for you to even be a part of this service, I would invite you as we've gathered together to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that we would each claim something new today, that maybe our attitude or perspective can be changed as we celebrate, as we experience life in a richer and deeper way because of what we have survived through, that we can take a bowl of ordinary mac and cheese and celebrate it today. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to John chapter 20, and we're going to spend a little bit of time in this incredible chapter as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So John chapter 20, starting at verse 1, please follow along with me. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter. And the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, she said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. See, the story of Jesus Christ is a story of a God of the universe in his incredible love for the world, for you and for me and for every living thing, sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to be born as a human so that he could come and restore what was broken. Jesus was given the mission. He was given the opportunity to speak to people, to remind people that there is a God that loves them and he wants to bring peace and justice and blessing. He wants to pour it out into this world. And because of this mission, because of this message that he preached and because of the way that he treated other people with dignity and respect, speaking worth and value into the lives of those that have given up hope, calling out the religious elite and the religious leaders for their hypocrisy. Because of this, he was arrested. He was publicly crucified, put to death and buried in a tomb. And as we come to the story again in John chapter 20, we pick up and we enter into the world of his disciples, of his followers, those that believed in him, those that loved and thought that his message was worth telling. And we walk into their world and we realize that their world had been shattered and broken. All of these disciples, all of their followers, their hopes, their dreams, their expectations had been taken from them as they watched him die on that cross. And as he was buried in that tomb, they were left with nothing and they didn't know what to do. Allow me to ask a difficult question. It's easy for me to ask, but I think it's hard for us to wrestle through an answer. But have you experienced brokenness? over this last year? Has there been something that has happened or maybe you've been dealing and wrestling through and experiencing challenge for a long time, but because of the events of this last year, it's intensified it. 
It's actually brought it to the forefront of your mind. You've had to deal with things that you never wanted to deal with because of the chaos that we've lived through. Have you experienced brokenness in a relationship over this last year? Maybe you've been wrestling through the hurt or the pain or the challenge in your marriage. Have you experienced brokenness in your work? Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you're doing a job, a new job that you've never done before. Maybe you're still trying to figure out what to do with the rest of your life. Have you experienced brokenness in your family? Some hurtful words or or broken relationships that have yet to be mended and it's just heavy and weighing you down? Or have you experienced brokenness because your pursuit after God, your relationship with the church has been hard? It's been challenging. It's been difficult. You've been burnt by people. You've been burnt by those in the church. And you've asked over and over again, God, where are you? You see, Mary was one of these disciples, one of the followers of Jesus that believed in him, believed in his message, put her hope and her expectations and her dreams on him. And all of that was taken away. And this, in this moment right there, in her brokenness, in her grief, and in her sadness, this is where Jesus enters back in to her story. So let's pick it up again in verse 14. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her, who are you looking for? She thought he was The gardener, sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said, she turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the father, but go and find my brothers. Tell them I am ascending to the father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. The moment that Mary heard Jesus call her name, her entire world changed. I love how in verse 17, Jesus kind of says almost like kind of a rude thing when he's like, don't cling to me, which is like, come on, Jesus. Mary's just excited to see you. She saw you crucified. She saw you buried. She was coming to your tomb, not expecting you to be alive. You have been risen from the dead. And she wants to celebrate that and run and give you a big hug. But Jesus says, don't cling to me. And what he means when he says that is he's trying to stop Mary before she can really process anything, before she can really understand what's happening. Jesus is saying to Mary, do not cling to the old relationship that you had with me. Instead, come and now embrace the new relationship that I want to have with you as now I have been risen from the dead. You see the resurrection. The reason why we celebrate Easter is because this is the moment that changed everything. It changed the world. And it has something that each of us, if we were to tap into, if we were to truly believe, it could change us. Let me ask you um, a difficult question. Are you someone who likes change? 
you know, are you someone who embraces it? You're like, yeah, I, I love change. I never want routine. I never want the same thing. Or are you that kind of person that's like, nope, I got my routine. I want the same thing every single day. No more change, please. I think we all feel a little bit after this last year, like we don't want any more unexpected things. Let's just keep things the same. Let's keep things normal. No more surprises. For those of you that know me, you probably know that I hate change. I can't stand it. I could eat the same meal every single day and be completely and totally content. But one of the things I've come to realize, and many of you understand this so well, and it's again, it's a lesson I learned begrudgingly, but change is the only thing that doesn't change. And the change that can come and happen in our lives is one of the best things because it can bring things to our life that make our life dip deeper, richer, and more meaningful and more powerful if we were to embrace it. Now, I was trying to think of a way to illustrate the, the beauty and the power of change. And so I've got a quick game I want to play. So wherever you are, online or at a campuses, I'd like for you to play along with us. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you a picture of some of our ALC staff members. But what I'm going to show you is a picture of them when they were younger, specifically when they're like middle school and teenagers. And then I want you just to take a second and see if you can guess which ALC staff member this is. And then I have something I want to share about each of them. So we'll start off real easy. This one should be a softball. But here is the first picture I want to show you of one of our ALC staff members when they were younger. Can anybody guess? I mean, again, this one should be easy. By the way that, that she is standing there, that intensity, that, that should give it away right there. That's right. That is our online campus pastor, Pastor Aaron Baker. Uh, let me tell you, Aaron Baker is one of my favorite people on the face of the planet. And let me tell you why. She is a woman of courage. When the Holy Spirit tells her to say something, she says that I am so envious because a lot of times I'm controlled by my fear. I'm controlled by what if people would think if I said this or did this. She is a woman of confidence. She is bold and she is courageous. And for that, I am thankful to know her. And she is an inspiration to me. Okay, next one. This one, this one's going to be a hard one. Okay, if I did not know who this was, I would not have known who this was. Okay, so here's the next picture. See if you can guess who this staff person is. Oh yeah, I bet you can figure it out. Look at that smile. Look at that charm. Look at that sparkle in his eye. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the one and only Pastor Scott Miller, our worship pastor. Now there's a lot of things I could say about Scott, but the, the thing that I want to say the most is, is that Scott has continually been a voice of encouragement, challenge, and inspiration to me. I haven't been able to say this a lot, but I got to take this opportunity to say it has been a joy. It has been an honor to have him lead me in worship over these last several years as I've been a part of this church family. I am so thankful for his leadership and his wisdom and the fact that he's not in this for the show. He's not in this for himself. He's in this to draw people into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ and to enter us into a spirit of worship. And for that, Scott, I will ever be thankful for your kindness, your love, your encouragement, and for your friendship. Okay, next one's probably my favorite. This one should be fairly obvious too, uh, but uh, see if you can figure out who this ALC staff member is. Check this out. 
Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. We all know who that is. This is the one and only executive pastor, Dave Prohl. Oh my gosh. Like I said, I could say a lot about Dave, but suffice to say, one of the things that I love about Dave is that not only is he one of the most creative people I've ever met in my entire life, he's also the most engaging, the most humorous. He makes me laugh. He makes me happy. There is a spirit to him that I wish I had all the time. And he really is one of the pastors I look up to. And one of the pastors that I've said, I try and strive to be more like, I am beyond thankful. I'm beyond honored to have him as one of my pastors and learn from him and be inspired by him. And I think we should create a movement of bringing back that blonde hair. Hashtag restore the blonde hair, just, just saying. And just to be fair, so they can throw all my friends under the bus. I'm gonna show you one more picture of a staff member. If there's children present, just may, maybe have them walk away from the camera. This can scare even the youngest of kids. So please, uh, here's a picture of one more ALC staff member. See if you can figure out who that is. Uh, I can hear the groaning uh, from across uh, the computer screen. I know this is, this is tough. I can, I can hear it in the campuses. Uh, I, let me just be honest, guys. Middle school was, was pretty tough years for me. I barely survived, okay? Just look at that picture and you can understand why I barely survived. Uh, as I look at that picture, one of the things that comes to my mind is that I remember having a conversation with my brother, my brother, mind you, when I realized I had to get glasses. And he told me, legit, he, this is what he told me. He said, Aaron, you shouldn't get small glasses because if you do, you'll look like a nerd. So instead you should get really big glasses and then you'll look cool. Now, the worst part of that, not that he said that, but that I believed him. And for the next several years, I walked around with a windshield on my face. I didn't talk to girls for a long time. It was pretty rough. But eventually, I got to talk to a girl, and it all worked out. Change is a good thing. We resist it. We fight it. We run away from it. But it can be one of the most amazing things if we were to embrace it. One of my favorite movies of all time is called Life as a House. And one of the things that it says in the movie, it's a relationship between a father and a son that have a broken relationship. And the father's attempt to mend that broken relationship before he dies of cancer. One of the things he says is that change can be so constant and you don't feel the difference until there is one. And it can be so slow that you don't even notice that your life is better or worse until it is. Or it can just blow you away, make you something different in an instant. Who wants change in their life today? Who is desperate for something to be different? You don't want to continue to walk down the same paths that you've walked down the same cycle that you've always found yourself in. Who is ready for something new today? Who is ready for Jesus to do something new in your life today? If you hear me say uh, nothing else today, hear me understand when I say that for Mary, the disciple, the follower of Jesus who had her life shattered and broken, she became someone of worth and value because she went from being discarded by society. Remember, women during Jesus's time had no voice, had no respect, had no, no purpose. And then when they came face to face with the living God, with Jesus Christ, the risen God, everything changed. And Mary went from being discarded by society to becoming the very first messenger of the good news of Jesus Christ. This is the beautiful redemption that we all can find and experience if we tap in to the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And so hear me when I say, 
permit me to give you this challenge. Jesus can bring hope and renewal to our lives if we allow him to enter in to our brokenness. We all have brokenness. I have so much brokenness in my life. And the truth that we see in scripture, the reminder that we have every single Easter celebration, every single day is that if we allow Jesus to enter into that brokenness, he will bring hope. He will bring renewal. He will breathe life into us and we will experience transformation that will change our lives forever. Now, if that's where the Easter story ends, that would be pretty awesome. It would make us feel good. It would make our hearts warm. But I think that there's more to the Easter message than just making our hearts feel good. I believe that if we truly were to embrace this truth, if we truly were to tap into the resurrection power of Jesus Christ and allow him to enter into our brokenness, then there is a next step. There is a natural next a consequence that we can experience for those that take this seriously. And so continue to read with me in John chapter 20, verse 19. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you. He said, as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Imagine yourself right there as a disciples, right? Imagine one of the disciples of Jesus, right? Your entire world has been turned upside down. It has been broken and shattered because the person you believed in, your leader, your teacher, your rabbi has been taken from you, killed and thrown in a tomb. And now you find yourself locked in a room, filled with fear, not knowing what to do, confused, scared, trying to figure out what are we gonna do next? And in that moment of fear, And in that moment of brokenness, Jesus appears. He shows up and he begins to speak truth, encouragement, challenge. He demands that these disciples change their attitude and their perspective. He demands that these disciples understand that you have a part to play. Do not stay in this locked room. I have a message that needs to be shared with this world. And so now let me give you the things that you need in order to do so. And as we walk through this, I'm just going to real quick point out each thing that we can take today for those that can tap into the resurrection of Jesus Christ. First one, verse 19, peace. Jesus says, peace be with you. He actually says it twice. Anytime Jesus says something twice, it's probably really important. We should hold on to it. Jesus wants us to be people of peace in a world that is full of war, full of division and full of hate. Let us be a people of peace that can live in harmony with one another, that we can seek peacemaking ways of caring for people and bringing people closer together and let this peace surpass all understanding so that we're free of fear, that we do not have to be victims and lock ourselves away because we're scared of what we should or should not do, but we are given something, a strength from Jesus Christ that is peace. It says that as soon as Jesus began to speak to them, speak these words and appear, they were filled with joy in verse 20. 
we can celebrate the truth of who God is, even in the midst of our suffering and our hurt and our pain. That is the beauty of joy, that we can claim truth, that we can say God is alive. Jesus is risen from the dead, even if I'm feeling hurt, pain, scared, confused, and it filled them with joy. He also gave them a purpose. He said, just as God sent me, now I want to send you into this world. We have a specific part to play in God's kingdom. You have gifts, talents, abilities, a personality, even the opportunity to do something amazing for those around us, for those that are in need, those that are suffering, those that are lost and scared. We have a purpose because God has breathed that into us. And the cool thing is that he did not say, all right, good luck. Try to figure this out on your own. No, in verse 22, he gives us the Holy Spirit, the essential empowerment that we need to move forward. How many of you today need courage because you feel scared of what is going on in the world, what's going on in your life? How many of you need strength because you are exhausted? You feel weak, you feel beat up and battered. How many of you need direction because you don't know where to go? You know you need to do something, but you just don't know where to go. I'm going to be honest with you of the things that I pray for myself every single day. These are the three things courage because I am scared a lot. Strength because I am weak in so many areas and I am emotionally exhausted. Direction because there's a lot of times I'm absolutely clueless, okay? I one time spent 20 minutes at a gas station waiting for the gas attendant to come up and pump my gas. I was so mad. I'm sitting there for who, I mean, just over and over again, waiting for someone to come. No one's coming to help me. I don't know what's going on, only to realize that I was in Vancouver, Washington, and I had to pump my own gas. Not my best moment. I remember coming back from a wedding that I officiated in a distant, foreign land full of wilderness, adventure, and danger known as Estacada. And if it wasn't for my GPS, I would still be wandering out there in the middle of nowhere trying to find my way home. Thank you, Lord, for creating GPS. I need his direction. I'm clueless more often than I I care to know. And so the Holy Spirit is that beautiful anointing empowerment that can help us move in the right direction. And the last thing that Jesus talks about in verse 23 is the power of forgiveness. Not that the disciples are the ones forgiving, but that they are to go out, share the gospel, share the good news, tell people that Jesus Christ, the son of God, died on the cross to forgive all sin so that we can experience forgiveness and we can be healed. Church, if we were to truly embody these truths, then Jesus could change the world. Sarah Shin said it this way in her book, Beyond Colorblind. She says, as we tap into Christ's resurrection power, we find strength to forgive, repent, pursue justice, lament, intercede and advocate. 
We have the power to help the poor, love enemies, proclaim the kingdom, and to practice healing, restoration, and justice through the lives of prayer and righteous obedience. Wherever you are watching from at all of our campuses, please, someone give me an amen. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is good news for the whole world, for all people. It's not just about making us feel good, but it's about awakening us to our responsibility and the role that we can play in this broken, messed up world that we live in. God has given us this gift. God has given us the challenge to take his peace and to bring it into this world, to find the corners of this world where there is racism, where there is hurt, where there is pain, where there's hate, allowing to just thrive. And we are called to be agents of peace. God has called us to hold joy in one hand, even as we suffer and point people towards the living God that yes, there is pain and suffering in this world, but we can celebrate the gift of who God is because he is with us. God has given each of us a purpose to play a specific role in his kingdom, to use what God has given us so that we can give and sacrifice for the sake of our neighbors. It's the Holy Spirit who's going to come upon us so that we can take the gospel message and share about the healing, the forgiveness, and the redemption that is waiting for us to be invited into. Second challenge that I would love for you to consider today, to wrestle with today is this. Jesus can bring hope and renewal to this world if the church is willing to enter in to its brokenness. Jesus does not want the church to remain locked in an upper room full of fear. Jesus has come broken down that door and said, go out into this world and tell people about me. Go out into this world and share about my love. Go out into this world and point people towards me and tell them that those that tap into the resurrection power, they will have their lives changed and we can be a part of the change as we continue to point people towards the God that loves them, restore the broken, to preach justice, blessing, and peace. I don't know if you've ever heard of um, kintsugi. Kintsugi is a Japanese uh, art form of, of repairing and mending broken objects, specifically of pottery. Here's a, a couple pictures of what kintsugi looks like. The basic premise uh, of kintsugi is that when a piece of pottery or an object is broken, instead of just throwing it away, instead of going out and just buying a new one, these Japanese artists will take this broken pottery, this broken object, will take these pieces and they'll begin to repair it. And they'll begin to mend it. They'll restore it. They use this kind of gold lacquer that they fill in the cracks. And then they actually produce something that is more valuable, more beautiful than it was before. One of these Japanese artists, they call them restorers. His name is Hiroki Kiyakawa. He said the heart behind the art of Kintsugi is this. All things are created and destined to be broken someday. I think being broken and damaged is never a bad thing. All of us develop scars throughout our lives, but these scars should never be hidden. Our imperfections can be the birth of something new. 
Now, as we close our service today, I want to invite you to do two things. Number one, I would ask for you um, to join in us as we sing one more song. I've asked the worship team to lead us in the song, All Things New. And one of the lines uh, from this song goes like this. Your love's making all things new. You're working in all for good for the things of this world. There is hope renewed in the life that is found in you. So wherever you're watching from today, at each of our campuses, I would invite you to stand up when we sing this song, to close your eyes, to raise your hand, to let this be the cry of your heart, that God's love, the love that we have experienced in Jesus Christ is making all things new. He's taking the broken pieces of our life and he is mending them all for good. For this world, for us, for all people, there is hope renewed because we have found life in the name of Jesus Christ. And the second thing that I would challenge is for those of you that don't know God, who have yet to come to meet and experience the living Jesus Christ, I would invite you to consider allowing him to enter in to the brokenness that you might feel, to allow him to enter in and come alongside the hurt and the pain and the suffering, the confusion and the fear that you might have. And I would encourage you today to invite him into your life as your personal savior and Lord. I want you to know um, that I am a selfish, sinful and broken person. Believe you me, this last season has been really difficult. There's been many times I've wanted to give up and there's been many times I've not known what to do. But I stand here today because I have allowed Jesus to enter in to my brokenness. I have asked God change me and he has, and he has transformed this sinful, broken, selfish person into a child of God. And I am fully redeemed and free in the grace that he has abundantly poured out to me. This is why we celebrate Easter. This is why we have gathered together. This is the resurrection power that God can take everything in its brokenness and restore it to something new. We can find life. We can find hope and we can be renewed in the name of Jesus. Pray with me. Lord, I thank you so much for this day. And I just ask, Lord, Holy Spirit, that you would lead, that you would guide, that you would be a part of this place, Lord, and that you would do um, one of many things, Lord, that one, that you would help us allow your son, Jesus, to enter in to our brokenness. Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would then take that brokenness and give us a purpose to take your gospel message out into this world. Heavenly Father, for those that feel distant from you, for those that have been wrestling with you, for those that have yet to come to know who you are, I pray, Lord, that they would make the decision to invite you into their life. Lord, we thank you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We thank you for this day. And we thank you that you are breathing life into us and making us new today. Amen.